Welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. It's Friday, early afternoon. Massive weekend of Super Rugby Pacific coming up. Coming up. I'm Jeff Wilson. Jim Kays is live and in person. He's down. I'm not sure what Jim's actually doing down here. I just think he's on his... He might be on his first junket. His first junket for Sky TV. Since you've got the job of now managing the talent. And when I say talent us buffoons who try and commentate and work in and around the game. Jim, great to be with us, but we're going to talk about a certain certain selection that's being made on Monday at 12pm. The All Blacks are going to be selected for a series against Ireland, and we'll talk about it in the context of two massive games, yep. of which three New Zealand teams, huge number of All Blacks who are going to be playing. Of course, the Hurricanes, they are not in business Jordy Barrett, Adi Savia, you'd imagine they're a given. There's some, still some guys in their environment who would like to be All Blacks in 2022, particularly to play against Ireland. But if you look at this weekend, how good is it that, yep, there's three teams alive, but it seems as though there's a bit of uncertainty given injury, form, some players that haven't maybe reached the peaks in the past. And remembering last year, we had like 50 All Blacks, right? We had yeah. 50 guys who were in the All Black environment, hence there's going to be about 15 guys who are not going to be named in the original selection. Yeah, and as you say, injuries, you know, we, we sort of don't know when Dalton Papa is going to um, race his way back into the All Blacks. Uh, we don't know um, what's <laughs> happening with Aaron Smith. Uh, with with his injury as well, we're hearing uh, that Sam Whitelock's got some sort of broken finger, thumb, whatever it might be, that will have a, a big implication. That's normally, breaks are normally six weeks. Minimum. Minimum, you know, particularly if it's a thumb. So there's some intriguing announcements that are going to be made on, on uh, Monday, and, and I imagine that they'll inflate the size of the squad uh, to cover that. So they'll name a Sam Whitelock, thinking, well, he might be all right for the second or third test, and we'll bring in, in cover. So 36 was what they were going to name. Uh, might be at least that or maybe a couple more. If you play for the All Blacks, you've got every chance of yeah. being a part of this. Um, series coming up. I'll ask you this question then, Jim, and I'm, in, I'm going to weigh into it, but I'll give you first port of call then. If you're naming your side and you're naming your squad, do you expect them to all be available for the very first test? So so when you, when you, you it may be extended, but you're sitting there and, and how much rugby would you want them to have played going yeah. into the first test? Remembering if, if it goes to form, the Blues and Crusaders should be in the final. Will be in the final. Yeah. So look, uh, historically they have named guys who were not ready for the first test. Uh, under certainly under Hanson, certainly under Henry, uh, they've named guys that weren't going to play in, in the first test, and and they're backed on the fact that they'll be right for the second or third. Um, and they've also brought people in with very little rugby behind them, uh, particularly if your name was McCaw. He was superb at coming in with almost no rugby. Um, you know, I, I guess the one guy that you're talking about is Sam Kane. You know, how how much rugby does he need to come into the to the All Blacks? I mean, ideally, you'd be picking a bunch of blokes who are playing and are fit and available, wouldn't you? But I think they will name a bit of a mix mix of people who haven't played a lot of rugby, and and some who won't play in the first test, won't be available for the first test. But in saying that, though, couldn't you use if if it is the Blues Crusaders or even the Blues Chiefs? Remarkably, I mean. They've probably got similar numbers. You I mean you think about the Chiefs Ford pack and, and what they've got in, in their group, there's a huge number of players who will quite likely be part of the All Blacks. Could sure. you not 
could you not use the final as a great hit out in terms of that's two weeks before the first test match? Well, and you go to yourself, we're probably going to have half of our team, if not more, you know, maybe 14, 15 guys who could play in that first test match. Because normally we've got an extra, right? Yeah. We, we play somebody we else. A warm up <clears throat> test match. Well, the coaches or selectors have always said that they pay more attention to the pointy end of the Super Rugby competition. So they will be putting a lot more weight on the semi-finals and, and, and the final. So if you play well in the final, you've got a much better chance of getting into, into the All Blacks if you're one of those fringe players. So getting into the final, I guess, you know, if it is Blues Crusaders, it gives those, what, are, what have we got, 46 players, a big opportunity. Um, what if it's the Chiefs Brumbies? Heaven forbid. No, well, let's not go down that path. <coughs> no. Great for the Brumbies if they manage to find their way there. So situations that have changed in recent times. Clearly, um, Dalton Popperley appendicitis yep. makes a big difference. Interestingly enough, though, now Ethan Blackadder has been ruled out for the season. Huge. So if you're thinking about a squad member, yeah. you're thinking about the guy who's possibly and was most likely going to be the fourth seven option, because I'd say Artie's still... But, this, could, but could play a couple. Or play a number of positions, yeah. but versatility. But I'm just looking at the... Yeah, Dalton's not available, all right? So yep. so Sam Kane to me, is the guy, right? Proven proven international performer. He might be a little bit short on game time, but if the Chiefs win, he'll get another big hit out. Mm. So I don't really have an issue with him. He quite often... I mean, last year he was out for a long, long period of time yeah. and came back at a really difficult time, whereas he's played quite a few minutes this year. And he's not been out... He's not been out the majority of the Super Rugby season. No. He played some 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 decent minutes. He'll he'll be on top of his conditioning and fitness. But to me, it's that all of a sudden now, have we got anyone else like Ethan Blackadder off the top of your head? I've got one guy. I've got one guy who 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 spits the bill and he's playing uh, for the Chiefs. Luke Jacobson. Yes, oh, I'm a big fan of Luke Jacobson. I think he's a quality loose forward. Back on Sam Kane. Uh, Sam Kane's critics surprise me sometimes because they they tend to look at what he does with the Chiefs and then compare that to make an assumption that that's what he'll do with the All Blacks. He, he's very seldomly had a poor game for the All Blacks. And there are lots of guys over time who have been average, and I use that in inverted commas, uh, for their super teams. I mean, McCaw, Carter, uh Jerome Kano, Ma'anonu, they were all pretty ordinary at, at times in Super Rugby. Particularly compared, early on, particularly in the first... Compared to what two, they can do. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, they yeah, they yeah. knew when they had to peak. They knew when they had to be right. And, um, you, you know, I can think of people writing stories about Carter and McCaw and were they good enough to get back in the All Blacks? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, Sam Kane will, will be named as captain of the All Blacks. So, I have no... No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think actually that's part of the weight of his case is the fact that I don't think there's another clear leader. I don't think there's another person who could step up to the mark and not only, I think, have the inspiration of what they've done in the past, because I, I think we shouldn't underestimate that with Sam Kane. I think we should under, shouldn't underestimate what he's gone through to come back. You think of the significance of his neck injury. Now, yeah. now I think that's what everyone's biggest concern is for me about Sam Kane is durability. Yep. That's fair. And and I'll go back, actually, to last year at, in Super Rugby Aotearoa when the Chiefs were on that really difficult time. He was one of their leaders and possibly their very best player. Unfortunately, he picked up a major injury, mm. and then he goes off the radar. He was the 2020 player of the New Zealand Rugby's player of the year. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't, so I look at that and go, he's a given, he's going to be the captain, 
but it's now all of a sudden the balance around, and around him yeah. of, okay, um, how long does it take to get back from appendicitis? I mean, when you've, you've had an operation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm imagining, my information tells me it's between, it ranges between four to six weeks. Yeah. The fact that he could get back exercising as well, as quickly as with under 10 days, that's critical. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been told, he could get back exercising under 10 days. So if he doesn't lose his condition, then the moment he gets back up for selection, but is it, are we better off being served with Adi Savia now being that back up? Is Luke Jacobson an, an answer? We, we talk about the Luke Sport combination and trio, but is there going to be a specialist amongst them other than Sam Kane? Mm. Or are we start, we've got all these guys that can play multiple positions. Uh, and, and with that injury, is there anyone else that comes into the mix? Do you look at, I mean, I'll say to you, I, I think Hoskins Satuju's stock's gone up massively. Yep. He's got two really big weeks for yep. him to go out and perform. You know, I, I'd look at that and say, if he does that over this week, the Blues win. So I think he's a, a, a shoe in. Has Hoskins done the reverse of Peter Gasolakula, who, who who's found his his form? Hoskins fight, found his form towards the end of the Super Rugby, and has Peter Gus slightly ebbed off? Because I, I'm a I was a big fan of him earlier on in the, in, in the competition. I thought he was going great guns. Um, he needs. He needs the Chiefs to make the final, and he needs big games, really, Peter Gus. So if you look at the loose forwards, we're going to pick Sam Kane and Adi Savia. That really goes the, the, without, and they're, without And they're, they're probably debate. the two guarantees, right? Yep. I mean, if I was going to write down two names, you go, there Absolutely. they are. I think Shannon Frizzell is probably a guarantee. What's his fitness at the moment? Oh, look, he came on and played 30, 40, uh, 30 minutes for yeah. the Highlanders. So he's okay. He, he, he looked good. So, I mean, so there's a potential starting loose forward chair. I think... Um, uh, Yuani um, has uh, Akira Yuani has come has back. He done enough? Well, I think he's coming back into the picture with Ethan Blackadder out. Um, and as I said, I'm a big fan of Luke Jacobson. So that mix of Lucy's is it's intriguing. It's well, they've all been there. They've, they've all, all been, been there, there. Had a taste of it. Akira Yuani has everything you want in a blindside flanker for the All Blacks. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. But what he doesn't oh, have, on, on, what he wait, doesn't wait, have wait, wait, is wait. consistency in all of those. Oh, oh, that. He's still big and fast. He doesn't but... have consistency in that physicality, you know. And neither did Jerome. He he. It took him a while to find that consistency. Um, but you know, if I if I look at a Kenner, I, I think back to Jamie Joseph. They're a similar size. They've got similar sort of skill set and speed and those sorts of things. But Jamie was just consistently brutal as a blindside flanker. And, and Akira Ioani needs to find that consistency. Well, I think he only... I mean, this this is the, the, the big challenge for Akira Ioani, is that it's at the back end of seasons he starts to hit a wall. Yeah. And it's because he's had to play, I believe, so many minutes. The Blues overuse him. But they haven't overused no. him this year because of the nature of him being injured. He's come back in. I think I, I look at it and go... If he can demonstrate those qualities you're talking about, the things we know he can he can do, I think it'll he'll make his way back in now. I think he was he was on the edge, he was on the peripheral. I think now a spot has opened up, and, and, and especially if you've got Kane, who's not short, he's about six foot three, and um, and um, Adi Savia having someone of the size of of um, uh, I was going to say Rico of Akira Yuani on blindside is is important. You know, Frizzell's tall as well. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, 
to what you're saying, um, this weekend's big for Peter Gus Cooler. I think it's, huge. Big for, it's big for next weekend if they manage to yep. get their way through. Um, I think it's big for all of the loose forwards except the two that we said you can write down, which yep. is Savia and Kane. Yep. I think everyone else is, is scrapping to get into that mix. So, Because the good thing I look at it as well, if we look at it, if we turn our attention now, say the locks. Okay, I've got a question for you. There's a bloke living in Auckland who's fit and in form and hasn't played Super Rugby, called Patrick Tuipoloto. No, he's not in the mix. If you don't have Sam Whitelock, do you bring him in? No, no, I don't. I don't okay, no, I've no, got I another question for no, you. No, 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 for these three test matches, right? Yeah. yeah. Last, last year, Josh Lord was the big mover. So we've got Josh Lord. And we've, we've got, got Brody Retallick. Right? We've got Scott Barrett. I'm Scott sorry. Scott Barrett. You're, yeah, you're yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm taking you. got 2 yeah. of 8 you got okay. four. You got Because I was going to throw another one in there for you. Uh, go on then. Do, do you bring back the comeback kid? The man who's reinvented himself at Auckland. Do not, don't buy into Mills Mulliana's MVP <laughs> discussions on the breakdown Luke of Luke Romano's <laughs> impact he has had. Let's keep this be very, very clear on this. No, I'm not Romano. saying I would, but it would be quite... If we had four or five injuries, then yeah. maybe I'd put him so, in a conversation. So we actually have quite good depth at lock. Well, what I like about our depth at lock is that the fact that push comes to shove, if, if you had to move one to blindside flanker, Tubavai's played the early part of the season for the Chiefs, and Scott Barrett's been an all-black in the blindside flank. So yeah. I, I think you've got options there. Yeah. And and as much as and then and then you've got Sam Whitelock on the peripheral. So to my point, like you said, you talk about the squad, I think there'll be a number of observers who are doing a lot of training, who have got injuries they're coming back from, which will be their insurance policy. Yeah. Well, you'd like to think it's the insurance policy, right? So, so and, and you know, I, I listened to um, a podcast that Ian Foster did on um, uh, for the All Blacks, yep. on allblacks.com, and he talked about the fact that they, have, they, they picked the big squad last year, but now they really do need to narrow down to their combinations. They need to get to their group, right? So he's admitted that, Maybe there's going to be consistency in selection. Now, now, now that doesn't mean everyone's going to play. If the same team's not going to play every test match, but I think we're going to get a real good indication, right? We're going to real into good indication when they pick and select the first team to play. I think where they're at because the guys I see at the moment who are out and injured, that you go, you know what, you're an automatic starter. Probably Smith. only Smith, really. only Aaron Smith, yeah, and, and even. Even Aaron hasn't been on the top of his form, but they would still go to him. Yeah, you know, I would go to him. I would go to him first and, and go. You know what? Prob- a- you'd probably start Whitelock and Retallick if they were both fit. I don't know. Mm. I don't know because I, I think there have been other guys who have played well enough to go. You know, I, I think Tupovai would be to me. I would look at those two and go. You know what? The big body is. But that, but that's by the by. Yeah, it's the fact so that they'll keep them there. But because we've got good depth though at lock, because we've got a couple of guys waiting who yeah. are not going to be picked and not going to play. And then you've got the old fellow if you really needed him that you could bring in, and what would be the greatest comeback story ever? Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this then, right? I've got no idea who's going to be the props. I got that. No, I know one. I'm writing down off the tying the fuss. Yeah, and I mean, really, that you know, we just want them to push in the scrums and make tackles. You know, well, the rest of the up. world, hold on, hold on, hold, hold up a part. Well, hold on, the rest of the world's not doing that. No, they've got to be more. Than yeah, that. I know you're joking in that. We're, we're, we are very much because you're saying that because I think you're as concerned as I am. Yeah. About this is the area we we need some progress. So I think if you look at last year, the biggest problem the All Blacks faced against Ireland and France, and maybe South Africa, was that 
perhaps for the first time in a long time, the other team had front rowers, and I'd even extend that to the locks who were more skillful late in the game because their fitness was better and and more more physical than ours were. And that was a key, key difference in the losses to France. They, they got beaten up up front that time. That's nine. That's ten months into the season. That's yeah, t- for sure. But if I look at this year, I want to see a significant, I don't want to use the word improvement, difference in the way our type five play to the way that they played last year. Yeah. And, and you've got to remember that the one thing that, you know, the All Blacks have done when there are big moments and when they have been challenged by a team, and they've even done this historically, and if you even think at uh, the last Rugby World Cup in 2019, everyone for, everyone clearly remembers the loss to, to England. Mm. But they forget the dem- demolition of Ireland. Of Ireland, earlier, yeah. built, built on the back of two years of two defeats yeah. and highly motivated. So there's a, there's a group that were part of the disappointments of last year coming into a July series on the back of, I would say, I think a pretty good super rugby season, which yep. has got a bit more normality about it. We've got back to travelling. We've got back to being familiar. We've got back to sleeping in our own beds. I think they'll come and hit the ground running. And hence, I wouldn't be surprised at us at our best and freshest yeah. for an all-black season where we actually go really, really well. And that's to your point. So key to that for me is Brody Retallick. Now, we saw in the quarterfinal that Brody Retallick was, was getting back to his bruising best. Everyone who's played against him, anyone who's trained with him, says he's yep. brutal. He was coming back from that Japan thing last year, and he's been dogged by injury, so he's actually become quite injury-prone. We need Brody Italic to be injury-free, to be well-used, and to be at his menacing, bruising, Colin Meads-type best. Yep. And if he is, then that forward pack becomes... But equal to that, I think you need that at lock. I think you need a, a prop... Who's like that? And in a funny way, Tony Woodcock was a bit like that, even though he Is wasn't offer. I was going to say, so offer offer provides that and blindside. You need a blindside that no one in the opposition likes. You know, no one wanted to go down Jerome Kano's side yeah. of the scrum, Jerry Collins' side of the scrum, Jamie Joseph, Mark Shaw, AJ yeah. Witten. You know, we need a blindside that scares the bejeebas out of the opposition. Yeah, so... So you're looking at those combination of players. Uh, the, the the prop one's an interesting discussion about the fact that, you know, I'm assuming George Bauer is going to be back in the mix. Yep. Uh, mix. I'm interested to see whether or not they go down the route of an Aiden Ross with the Angus Tartaval. Once again, big big well, moments um, for them. The Aussie uh, guy. Jim uh, uh, Ainsley. Ainsley. It'd be, be interesting. I'm not sure whether or not they see him as a rock enough yeah. at the set piece. Because that set piece was good last year. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like, that was the thing. Our scrum was <clears> solid. You know, all the things. Um, Nepo Lalala. For, for for sometimes all of the frustrations around some parts of his game. He's got hands like flippers. Well, but the bottom line is when it comes down to the set-piece side of the game, he's, very he's good. a big, solid... Uh, uh, Tyrell uh, Lomax, uh, where do you see him? And Ethan DeGroote, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's Ethan just become... DeGroote. I think he'll be an automatic choice in that all-black team. All-black well, squad. Yeah, but a lot of people's taken the stock of his... Oh, that was in the game last weekend against the Blues against Offer, but I've said this publicly, yeah. Tom Robertson was at lock. And, and, and your locks drive your scrum. So, but, but I think offers, the props... Offers a pretty handy player. Oh, you know, there'll yeah, be a lot yeah. of props in the world that get beaten up by Offer to yeah. And maybe Ethan DeGroote realised that that was his last chance to shine and prove exactly what he's capable of. I don't mind that if you start looking forward. Yeah. I, Cody Taylor, given. 
Yeah, Simmer so hooker's interesting. Hooker's really interesting. Dane Cole's playing for the Ponicky Rugby Club on the weekend, so he's getting a game in there off the bench. I think you've named the first two, and that's the easy one, but where do they go after that? Do they put Colsey at three? Do they bring in uh, Amor? Really, it's down to those four, isn't it? So it's, there's four... Righto, here's hookers. my grenade. Kurt Eklund. Kurt Eklund's played well in the blues off the back of uh, uh, in the back well, of the boot a few times. Yeah, but 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 their set piece been pretty solid. He has been his pretty da- solid. He hits his darts. His fundamental, you know, he hits his darts. So you'd be comfortable with Kurt Eklund playing against Ireland? Would I be comfortable with it? Yeah. Would I be just as comfortable? I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, right? <coughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, like, I'm, if, not, I'm if, not dismissing it. Jeez, I'm a blues man. You yeah, can yeah. name 15 of them if you want. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, so look, I'm just throwing that in there because I look at it and, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what is it you're looking for that third hooker to deliver you if if, if you're under pressure? Yeah. When I need a crucial line-out throw. You know, and that's what Coles gives you. You know, generally... That's what Coles think, gave us. Well, I mean, that's... But, but once again, it's the... I'll bring up something else in the conversation then, right? Great all-black sides have had great depth in leadership. Yes. And that's why I think Coles, Taylor, all those sorts White of guys, Whitelock, White Retallick. have had great leadership. Yep. And that leadership to me is not on the field. That's leadership off the field. The standards that Kevin Mialamu set. Yep. The standards, you know, Tana Umanga, and when they're in their prime in that group, you know, um, Conrad Smith, Ma Nonu. You know, and you go, Ma Nonu, yes, yes, yes. Because with, all of a sudden, collectively with their experience, you had Richie McCaw, you had Kieran Reid. You know, so all of a sudden, you start going, you still need you need that in your environment. Okay, so does that mean that TJ Pedernada gets picked at halfback? It depends how much you want. <laughs> because I think you've already got that in Aaron Smith. Yeah. You've already got that in Aaron Smith. Oh, I mean, don't I'm... get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If if we didn't have... Yeah. If it was a toss-up... We're spoiled for choice at halfback. Yeah, yeah. If it was oh, a toss-up between... Uh, um, in terms of the way they're playing, TJ Piranara and then a younger man with no experience, yeah, uh, I would go. The, I would go TJ Piranara, but but I, I I don't know what they're going to do here. So I think we can pick one halfback, Aaron Smith. Yeah. After that, is it Christie? Is it Weber? Is it um, Falau Fakatava? Or is it TJ Piranara? They'll pick two more. So two really good halfbacks are going to miss out. I've got to remember that this selection's for one series. Yeah. So this is the here and the now. Yeah, this is really important for um, Ian Foster and his coaching crew to get a really strong performance. So that's why I don't think I don't think the time's right for Falau Fakatava. I think I'd wait one more series. I would. I would just. I would go. Christie's been playing really, really well. Really well. Weber had looked really good last weekend. They're, they're and, my three, and, and they're my three. And you go, yeah. well, they're all a bit similar. Yeah, but what they'll know is that um, three doesn't go into two. Yeah. Going forward, three won't go. They're, they're all a bit the same, but bottom line, then at least I know exactly what I've got going into this series. And I know we've had game-changing halfbacks who have been different in the past, and, and I'm thinking of Tauruku Balo, who was exceptional, uh, Piri Wipu, who, who was very good as well. But having a halfback that comes on who is super quick with a great pass and, and backs up all over the field, which is what Weber and Finlay Christie do, against tiring defences, that's not a bad thing to have. Yeah. So we're agreed there. I think we'll probably agree that um, oh, some bloke called Bowden Barrett and He's Richie Moanga, they'll go in at first five. Maybe Stephen Perifetta is the cover? I think he'll... I think... 
I can't imagine them going any other direction for these three games. No. In terms of, uh, he can cover fullback. Yeah. He can cover first five. He's played really well. His goal kicking was really good. Yeah. Um, look, this would be a huge step up. But for a guy who's made a huge step up, why? I don't think there's a better option. No. The next best option is if you're going to move. <clears throat> Cool first five. Bryn Gatlin. Is Bryn Gatlin because you don't feel as though you need to cover at fullback. Yeah. Which 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 here's the interesting thing. I don't think I don't think we do need cover at fullback. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day, Jim. I'm not sure I've ever come across a back line from ten to fifteen with as much versatility mm. and ability to play multiple positions. Most players can play two positions. I'd suggest they're going to pick a bloke at second five who'd prefer to play fullback and a bloke at fullback who'd prefer to play second five. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because I think David Haveli would, would love to return to fullback. Uh, I'm just guessing. But but also, we all know that Jordy Barrett wants to be at second five. So, midfield. who We, we know we don't have Anton Leonard-Brown. I think it's a guarantee they're going to pick Roger Trubaster Sheik. I think now on form, but I think they were going to pick him regardless. Uh, so who are, who there's there's going to be five? Who are your other four midfielders? Rico Iwani has to be one of them. Yeah, yeah. So you got Rico, Roger, David Havili, Quinn Tupia. Well, Quinn's Quinn stocks have risen for me in the last few weeks. He's played was, very well. Point yeah, of, I, I, the end of the season. Yeah, I was a little bit hesitant, but what's happened is Jack Goodhue hasn't kicked on as quickly as he needed to kick on. No. So I think he's not in the conversation just yet. So, You're right. So there's your, there's four. Oh, you got four? That was four. four. So who's the fifth? Maybe they don't pick five. But I know that they were going to pick five well, a couple of months ago when I was chatting to one of the selectors. Well, it's not five if you pick Lester Whanganuku. So Lester Whanganuku, yeah, he's not a bad shout. He's he's versatile. I mean, he could play, but like you were saying, he could play second five centre and win. And then, then the other side of it is you've got Geordie, who can play in the midfield, if you really got desperate at a stretch, and then and then we and so so it's one of those things where is there going to be someone from outside of the square? I don't know. I would be surprised. Um, I mean, Anton Brown has actually opened a door um, for 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 them to select someone new, and I think that's fine. Anuku, I can't. Yeah. Braden Enor's the one that once again. Oh yeah, Braden Enor. Forgot sits, about him. Sits. It's, and that's and, the thing. He sits. He, he sits, but he sits in the same situation as. Um, Rico Yuani. He sits in the same situation as Lester Fang Anuku. Was yeah. the fact that they, they're wing centres. They're centre wings. They're not. You know, he'll say he's a centre who can play on the wing. I suspect this guy won't make the All Blacks, but I really like the way Alex Nankable plays. I, I like the way he plays, but he's hitting offshore, though, right? Oh, is he? Okay. I'm not sure yeah. he's. I'm not I just sure like the cut of his jib. I think I he's, think, a, oh, look, he's a hard working midfielder. He's like, uh, where's yeah. for me, though? Yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, yeah. a really good super rugby player. I, look, at, at, sometimes it can translate to the next level. So that's then we go to the outside backs. Now I love about this, we're we're, we're pretty much going to name about fifty players. So we've, and, got, but, we've got Will Jordan on one wing, Jordy, um, Jordy Barrett at fullback, someone else on the other wing. Well, and that can be Lestifying Anuku. That could be Rico Yuani. Here's the interesting one. I don't. Th- I don't think Roger Tuivasa-Sheik would let us down on the wing. I, I think they. Oh, I don't think he's quick enough. Oh, he's definitely I quick enough. I think he's enough. quick over hold the on, first Sonny, bit. So hold on, was Sonny Bill Williams quick enough? No. But he played on the wing. Yeah, it was I very know. good for the All Blacks on so the wing. So I don't think... who he played on the wing as Exactly, well. in a yeah. World Cup final. So I don't yeah. think we should get carried away. Oh, we, we love pure, pure gas. I do. But we, we do. Everyone loves it, all right? So to me, it's it, this is where you know, you'd start talking about opportunities. Are they prepared to pick Caleb Clark, having, having him played no rugby in the last month? 
the hamstring. Are they prepared? I think Sebu Reese's form has has really turned up. It's turned. And and everyone's saying he's been great all season. I'm not. I'm not saying it was great all season, but he's been great in the last month. Yeah. And I think I think it's hard to look past them now on, on the way that he's played. He. So you want you want wings that can create tries because well, tries. Yeah. And he he. He creates his own sometimes, and yeah. you go, "Oh, how did you score that? You shouldn't have scored that, but he does." So, so, yeah. so I'm a fan of him, and I'm a big fan of Caleb Clark. I like the fact that you can have that big winger on the other side, and he's quick enough, all all those sorts of things. But you're right, hamstring injury, as you well know, for a winger, it can be dodgy coming back from that. Um, uh, once again, though, is, can we bring him to training? It's the can we bring him to training? Is yeah. this all of a sudden? There'll be a lot of people there holding oh, tackle well, bags. Well, eh? That's the thing. But no, no, no. There'll be a separate field for the guys who are in recovery. Yeah, that's all. There'll be a field for those guys who are doing the conditioning. They're getting all the information. They're absorbing what's going on. And I don't necessarily dislike that because if you're in a position to upskill someone and prepare them for when they get their chance, good as gold. Let's go for that. So, thirty-six so, is a lot of players. Eh? We both had to pick thirty-six earlier, you know, a month or so ago. Yeah, and but, but it, it, it's got easier. Because of the injuries. Because it's yeah, all of a sudden it's, right. taken, it's taken that pressure. Right. Took a little bit of the pressure off because yeah. there are areas, you know, there's some good players who've, who, who are going to miss out. You know, so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm interested. So if you're, when you look at this now, right, I think in some ways when I go, when I watch the games this weekend, I watch the semi-finals, and then I go and watch the finals. Mm. I want to see our superstars step up. Yeah, so absolutely. you go, you know what? This you're actually yeah. you're you're playing you're playing for your selection in the first test. This is the Michael Jordan moments. Yep. You know, Michael Jordan played big in the big games. Zinzian Brook played big in the big games. You played big in the big games. Cully, people like that. Michael Jones. This is when you know Dan Carter used to rise to the occasion, and so we need to see. The guys who are the superstars in our game really front up. And Bowden Barrett last Bowden week. Bowden Barrett needs to. Week. Yeah, that's right. Richie Moanga, he's had a bit of a quiet year. Big, big weekend for him. Because um, I think the Ireland series is the most important series in Ian Foster's tenure. Oh, I think it's the first five test matches of the year. If he loses, then they go to South Africa. If he loses the Irish series, the calls for a replacement coach or for, for um, Joe Schmidt to take over will be deafening. It will it will compare to when sadly you guys lost those five in a row in '98, and everyone was calling for John Hart to be sacked. Uh, I I don't I think he'd probably survive it, but he'll be he'll have tinnitus in one ear. <laughs> well, I tell you what, but, but in saying that, or both, but the, the, this is the thing: it can go the other way. Oh, mate, they could win the series. Oh, no, 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 no. But if they win the series and then they go to South Africa, the noise disappears. Yeah. So it's all there for it's all. Yeah, yeah look, I, I think all. this is actually, and, and this is a normal program. Yeah, a normal program, not disrupted by COVID, where yeah. you're facing injuries, but you're at home in July, and I think you've got enough preparation time, yeah, enough preparation time. time to go in and play an Ireland team, which is coming on the back of their own long season. Two weeks between the last between the Super Rugby final. There's plenty of time. There's no excuse to say, oh, we haven't had enough time to... Yeah. And remembering, you know, one of the Crusaders and Chiefs are going to be out. Yep. So yep. There's, a, there's a whole lot of players in that. The Hurricanes are already out. Aaron Smith's already in recovery mode. Shannon Fruitt is doing his work. So they've got time, you know. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing for me. If they've got faith in the way that they are playing the game, right, all of the work they did last year, if they've got faith in the way that they're playing, it shouldn't take long to get them back up to speed, yep. 
right? And then make the tweaks that they want to make. If, they, if that's the way they're going to play. Yep. So if you're, you know, a different story if you're implementing something new. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to implement something new. I think they're going to look at some of the really good stuff they did last year, and we shouldn't forget there was some good stuff, mm. and they're going to look tweak on that. So I'd like to think you bring these guys back in, and all of them were there last year. Every single one of them was there last year. They've got the chance, right, to go, you know what? If we let, let's let's hit this ground, hit the season running, and then put all of the doubts, put all of the doubts of yeah, the media, the public who, who are concerned, and go, you know what? Now that, let's get them in behind us. Yeah, which is crucial. It's absolutely crucial that the All Blacks uh, regain the faith of their fans because I think they've lost it over the last couple of years. I think they lost it at the World Cup and haven't really regained it since. Uh, you know, it's a fact that uh, Ian Foster wasn't a, a universally supported appointment, talking the fans here, um, and hasn't really captured the public's support or imagination as, as a coach. So it's important. It's, I think it's crucial for him that they play good rugby and, and beat Ireland comprehensively. I don't mean, it doesn't have to be comprehensively in terms of the score, but you have to see a performance that you walk away from going, yep, okay, I understand what they're doing. I like what they're doing. That was a good win, you know. And, and I think Ian Foster desperately needs that. An organisation too that will be interested to see what the All Blacks do. It was a deal that's been done, and it's taken forever—two oh. years, three years. I don't know. I don't know how long Mark Robinson and, and the team at New Zealand Rugby have been working on it. We're going to spend five minutes now. Five minutes. We're going to cap the time on it because we can go on for hours. But the Silver Lake deal is done. I don't know who really understands it. No one. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I, 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 looking up the number of conversations we had last year in lockdown <clears> because it was something to talk about, and then all of a sudden it went off the radar because it went into the hands of our provincial unions. Yep. So all of a sudden it wasn't even worth talking about because other people were looking into details that we weren't privy to, right? Does this does this hang over does this hang over New Zealand rugby until it gets started? Until something actually happens. Yeah. We need to see something happen from it. Cause at the moment it's just this thing that everyone gets pissed off about. But what I want to what my concern for rugby and you'll appreciate this because your kids play it. My concern for rugby is that we are focused on the top and we are preoccupied with the top. So the All Blacks occupy a lot of space. Professional game occupies a lot of space. So the Players Association looks like Richie McCaw is going to be on the, 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 the board of board. directors. Okay, that's fair enough. How many professional rugby players are there in New Zealand? I think at a charitable number, you'd, you'd go maybe 500? Um, well, no, you'd probably go 250 to 260 in terms of super rugby are fully yep. professional, and then you're the, the, the NPC semi-professional. So there's probably a, another another same again. You're talking 500, but but they're not fully professional. No. You're only the, the, so the top end you're talking about are but how well, there's many 150,000 people... rugby registered rugby players so in New Zealand. So there you go. So we're talking about a minute percentage that occupy a lot of space within within the chatter about the game. And and I know it's it's certainly the case in Southland where you're from, and it's the case in Auckland where where I where I'm from. Clubs have gone from having five, six, seven, ten, eleven senior teams to to having two at best. Um, so we know all of this is there. We know that there's a significant issue around the the number of people who are playing the game and, and the survival of the clubs. And if we don't, 
if we ignore that, if we neglect that, and if we allow uh, the New Zealand Rugby Union to ignore and neglect that, then we're not going to have a strong All Blacks team. Because that only comes from having the broad base. You know that. Yeah. And I'm really concerned that Silver Lake will focus too much because of the Players Association influence on it, that whatever money comes in is going to be siphoned off to the professional part of the game. Well, they've made a commitment to the community game. They've made a financial commitment. They've said that. There's going to be an immediate boost in terms of investment in the community game in terms of money going to the provincial union. So they've already committed yeah, so to the, that. So but, the that but that's a one-off, though. They get a million dollars. Yeah. So oh, well, the, middle, the, the top 14 get a million dollars. So what are you going to do with your million bucks? Well, that, well that's the interesting thing is, is I'm assuming it's tagged. It's tagged to the community game. So it doesn't get, like you say, we talk about siphoned off. It doesn't get pushed towards Goldie, the professional I, game. I emcee events at rugby clubs where they raise money. You don't see anyone emceeing an event to raise money for the All Blacks. They do sausage sizzles, car washes, all of those sorts of things still. And yet there's all this money at the top end of the game. And all these people that work for New Zealand Rugby at the top end of the game. And they're focused on the black jersey. I love the black jersey. But we just need to be careful. Yeah, but you've got to be in fairness here. The All Blacks... And the uh, teams in black brand that's, creates eighty percent of the revenue. That's why we have Silver Lake. Right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I understand. Yeah. That's, that's why we why have we... them. But that's why we have of the two hundred, I think forty million dollars in terms of a forecasted revenue for the next year, based on all of the sponsorships yep. and all sorts of things. That drives. But now it's, I, I just look at it and go, it's a matter of making sure if there's going to be a separation. Yeah. Because now there is a commercial entity. It's a matter of making sure that when and how the money is then continues to flow. Mm. No, it doesn't it's not the one off. It's not the here's the one off payment, here's the one off payments to the provincial unions. It's a matter of and I know in a couple of weeks on the breakdown we're going to talk to Steve Lancaster about what they're intending to roll out. In terms of programs for the community game, what it's going to do to generate whether and it's not generating to me it's not generating money. It's actually it's actually generating interest. Yeah. It's about getting kids playing the game. It's creating the right environment for them to play, a safe game to play, a game that's got referees, a game that's got laws that are understandable. I look at all of those things and I go, now, this is the thing, we're in the land of opportunity now because we've we got are. the one thing that New Zealand rugby lost through COVID, which is security, right? Yep. They, dipped their, they had to dip into their reserves. Well, the reserves are there now. Yep. So it's a matter of, okay, how do they do it and, and how, and what, what is a legacy fund? And and what does that actually mean if you're talking about protecting the game? I just I just know for me that it won't start, it hasn't started until something happens. And they need to get off their arrogant high horse and get into schools on North Shore and say, "Hey, I know you love playing basketball, but come and play rugby too." <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because that because other sports have done that. Rowing went to every university in New Zealand and stopped tall people and said, "Have you tried rowing?" And rugby needs to do similar. I kept it to five minutes. We're under five minutes. <laughs> Jim, made me sneeze. And you made you sneeze. Crikey. Oh. In this environment, do we want to go down that path? Anyway, no, mate, hold on. Are we sure? Are we sure? Well, Jim, it's been great. It's been great in person to talk in about person. it. We've been, and we're in Christchurch. We're ready to go. Um, I'm going to get uh, ourselves well and truly prepared. But come Monday, 12 o'clock, yeah, all of those questions and answers, uh, we're going to hear it the first time from Ian Foster, Grant Fox, John Plumtree, Brad Moore. Uh, who else is there? They've got more now. 
Andrew yeah. Strawbridge. Yeah. Um, who else? They don't, they don't even have Joe Schmidt. He comes in after the Joe Schmidt series. comes in uh, after the Oh, great. Um, uh, Mike Cron's back uh, up uh, in the Fiki. back. Fiki's there. Greg Fiki's yeah, there. Yeah. I saw so, Greg Fiki. He's about a quarter of the size he was when he was a player. Boy, he's fine down. He's looking isn't great. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. He's yeah. a, he'll say he was an athlete when he played, but we know, <laughs> Jim, we're not 100% sure on that. All right, that's us. Good 40-minute chat, but um, thanks for joining us, and I look forward to reacting next week to what we've said this week about an all-black team which has got a massive series in front of it.